podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to GigPod, aka Glasgow is Green. My name is Lee Hutchison and I'm filling in for the peerless Stevie Din today, but I'm joined by fellow Slater Kinney fan, Rizzo. John, how are you this evening? That's right, the last time we saw each other was at the sensational Slater Kinney concert last February. And the day after that concert, I was very ill and I think I'd caught COVID, so there you go. From one extreme to another. (laughs) Now you've got me wondering what my health condition was like at the time, but going to concerts, remember gigs, it seems like a completely different world we're living in just now. Just like a world long ago when Celtic were good. Absolutely. So before we dive into to Wednesday's game away to Livingston, let's discuss the 20 stone Adidas clad dinosaur in the room. And no, I don't mean Stevie. It's Neil Lennon at Monday's press conference. So 2021 continues to be a rolling embarrassment for the supporters, the club, and all that's missing at this point is a cracked crest on the back of the daily record. So John, when did you first kind of realise something was going wrong on Monday with this press conference? When the aforementioned Stevie Dunn uh, texted me and said, have you seen Neil Lennon's press conference? And thankfully, I was blissfully unaware at that time of the press conference. <laughs> I'm lost for words yet again with Celtic this season. It's a recurring theme in this podcast, which isn't good for a podcast. But, I mean, it, it was just very odd. I mean, obviously, kind of Lennon returned from sort of isolation to speak to the press after sort of, what, 10 days cooped up. Um, And sort of, you kind of think, you know what, he's maybe reflected on the Dubai trip, why it perhaps wasn't the wisest decision in the world. It put players at risk, it put staff at risk, maybe best to focus on completing all those kind of outstanding games and perhaps putting a little pressure potentially on Rangers. None of that kind of came true when you sort of watched the footage, what was your what was your kind of reaction to his his kind of many comments? It felt a mixture of deluded, pent up. It made Peter Law's kind of pretty amateur in house apology make made that look kind of Oscar worthy. What did you think of his his points? I know there are some people online that said, "Hey, he's va- he's got some valid points here." The club's getting attacked. It was allowed by the government. It was sanctioned. Did Lennon have a point? Well, I think he did have a point with talking about Scotland doing the conga. And okay, that was like a great achievement for Scotland, but come on, lads, you don't need to do that. And like everybody was hailing it as wonderful and it was good for Scotland. But so he had a point there. I think it was to create a type of siege mentality at Celtic. I mean, that's worked before in the past at Celtic. Like everybody's against us. Like we've always thought quite a lot in the past, like referees, etc. And I think that in the past, uh, well, see if we weren't, uh, well, we were 21 points behind. I'm not sure what we were behind now. I think 20 or something, 19 maybe. In the past, then maybe Lennon's reaction would have got more support because he did. Not everything he said was completely wrong. I mean, some of the things he had a good point, but I don't know. It just looked pretty desperate, really. And I felt it was quite sad, really. And I don't know. At this rate, I think he's going to have to build the statue. It says Celtic Park. He's still. <laughs> It, I think the the most damning part of it was that sort of the club's official Twitter account 
chose not to publish or put any of the quote tweets up. There was nothing on the YouTube channel. Um, so you know, none of that made really any difference either because I think you had it on some websites. You know, like a press conference has gone wildly out of control when it's like, Glasgow Live, read the full breakdown of his uh, statement or sort of like YouTube channels going the full unscripted, uncensored Neil Lennon kind of press conference. Um, I mean, even sort of the Glasgow Herald seemed to come under some criticism yesterday for the picture they used of a, a pretty angry Lennon sort of having this meltdown. It it just did not look good whatsoever in terms of how he went about it. Because, I mean, yeah, I had it in the back of my mind. I mean, obviously we're sitting today, it's like the American inauguration. I have this mentality when I see people close to each other, hugging, whatever, like, oh, that doesn't seem quite right. And I felt the same way about the conga. But I think Neil Lennon forgets that half of his players were in those conga lines as well. Yes. And the bottom line is, no matter what the government said, we shouldn't have went to Dubai. I said that on the podcast all day. I, I said it in the podcast, uh, the last one, me and Steve, done a couple weeks ago after the Rangers game. Even if the government approved it, do not go to Dubai for a number of reasons. It doesn't matter if it worked in the past, which it did. We didn't have a pandemic when we went last January. And, of, of course, the fact that we're miles behind in the league doesn't help either. But the club, until that Peter Lowell apology the other day, like, were adamant that it was the right thing to do and I don't think anybody thought it was the right thing to do no matter what the government said and the government shouldn't have gave permission if they did give permission that was a mistake as well no matter what happened Celtic should have cancelled that just for the optics alone never mind the fact that we're miles behind in the league we didn't do it we ended up dropping four points because we had to play a second string team I think Lennon just couldn't wait to have his say and I think he'd been waiting since he found out he had to self-isolate. He'd been waiting for that. And like, and the walk was getting in the neck as well. And I really think it was a type of siege mentality type of thing. But if that was to try and like get his back on track and back winning games again, it didn't work. As unfortunately, we didn't win tonight. Kind of looking at some of the people that came under sort of the lash of Lennon's tongue, there was the SNP, as you touched on the Scottish national team, Margaret Ferrier, um, which was a, a bit of a surprise uh, dropping in, Andy Walker, as you mentioned. Also, they're often mentioned on this uh, podcast as Stevie's predictions for five, six thumpings, and that's Hamilton and St. Johnston, oh, yes. who have kind of then come back into a war of words with uh, with Celtic. What did you make of sort of his comments about sort of Hamilton and, and St. Johnson. I'm talking about Neil Lennon here, not Stevie. Um, <laughs> what did you think about their reaction to him basically saying that their, their clubs were pretty amateurish? I mean, if I was being very generous with my assessment of Neil Lennon, it read like a man that was trying to get football shut down where he was like, this club doesn't do things safely. This club doesn't do things safely. You know, there's bus drills that don't happen. It was just like he felt like he was just dobbing everyone in and just like you can imagine like Nicola Sturgeon just going, that's it, it's revoked. None of you can kind of play football and kind of bursting the, the ball. I don't know really. I mean, I think it was just a, a stream of consciousness sort of rant and like St. Johnson and Hamilton were the collateral for some reason. And I, I don't know. I mean, when people write books about this season, which I'm sure they will, or ebooks or whatever. I mean, the press conference and the trip to Dubai will be the centerpiece. I mean, things were already going bad enough this season before 
the trip to Dubai, but since we went to Dubai, it's just fairly pieces. I mean, we've no won a game. Lennon just, I don't really know what he was thinking at that press conference. The only thing I can think is the siege mentality. And I, I, I don't know, I keep thinking. I actually thought, I thought that the club would have been so unhappy with the press coverage that Lennon got. I mean, it was on the national ITN, BBC News and everything. And they don't usually bother with Scottish football unless it's something preposterous like this. And I thought, Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond, they can't be happy with that. They might like finally think, well, that's it. It's time for Neil to go. But he managed the team again tonight. I know. And, and still kind of touching on, on the press conference, because it's one of those ones that it continued to sort of unravel. I mean, at one point, Lennon kind of pinned some of the blame on the infamous photos of people having a bevy sort of at the, the side of the, the pool and saying, well, those photos shouldn't have been taken because it's illegal to take photos in Dubai without people's permission, as if that was an issue at all. And then the, I think for me, the most shocking moment of it all really was that Obviously, it's come back now that there has been a second player in addition to sort of Christopher Julian that's um, come down with a, a COVID um, test positive. I think what was kind of shocking about that was that he kind of came out with that saying that, quote, it was remarkable um, and it totally blows out of water the way that the training cap has been portrayed. That is not sort of when you think of like a training camp where you go, well, you know, if we have two people that get COVID and there's an out, you know, a potential outbreak on that, that's perfectly manageable and understandable. I found the way that he callously kind of dismissed two kind of positive tests. And we've seen the impact. One of them had a loan on the squad as being absolutely wild. I mean, we're recording this 20 minutes after the game's finished. We still don't know who the second player is. There's obviously talk of, um, Edward, he was absent again, but he did have COVID um, last October. So, I, I mean, what did you make of sort of his, you know, quote, remarkable sort of only two people got COVID for going for a wee jolly, quote unquote? I wonder if Neil Lennon will regret that press conference when he looks back, when that statue is finally built outside Celtic Park. I wonder if he'll regret that press conference because it really did make Celtic look bad. It made him look bad. It made Celtic look bad. It made that Peter Lowell statement last week look silly. It's not often that a press conference overshadows like a game of football, but that's what's happened. I mean, the biggest thing that's happened in the last few days at Celtic isn't the game with Livingston. It's this press conference and the fallout. And apparently he was interviewed by BBC Scotland tonight and the interviewer kept wanting to ask him about the press conference aftermath and that. And Lenny just wanted to talk about the game. And no doubt that was a wonderful exchange. It seems that it seems he blanked Sky as well this evening. He was unhappy with their coverage as well, which is just sort of pretty pathetic, really. There, no one ever comes out of these things well. Maybe if you're Alex Ferguson or something like that, but not if you're kind of Neil Lennon at a moment like this. It just makes it look like you're the small, petty, pathetic man. <laughs> whoa, whoa, sensational bunch of remarks. It's just. I'll be happy when this season's finished and every Celtic sort of final fantasy. I mean, unfortunately, I can't see things getting any better. I mean, I think Celtic will drop more points. I still don't see Neil Lennon losing his job. I think the board, for some unfathomable reason, will still stick with him. The uh, the Athletic said that sort of on on Monday, the players were. He was also very critical of the players, but. What we kind of saw today was the return of Barkas, Ayer, Taylor, Griffiths, Mohamed El Yunusi, and Ryan 
Christie. They all returned alongside sort of Lennon and Kennedy. Um, but obviously Livingston on sort of an amazing run of form. They rested seven players ahead of the sort of semi-final for the weekend. So what was your expectation going into to this game, Rizzo? Yes, so I thought we would win the game because we'd brought back so many players and Livingston rested so many players. But we got off to such a terrible start, giving away a terribly soft goal, Duffy conceding a daft free kick, and then the defence just leaving the Livingston player just unmarked completely in a world he's own. He had the ball into the back of the net, so that wasn't the best start. Yeah, so obviously kind of, you know, Livy took a, a kind of the start, you know, Duffy, Calamity again, but then sort of the Prophet, Mohamed, Elinousi kind of equalised with a nice finish. Did you think at that point that Celtic were going to go on and sort of put this B team to, to bed? <laughs> uh, I did actually, and we even luckily enough managed to score an offside goal for once, a miracle, when uh, Neil Beaton scored. And I think the moment it probably changed the game was just before half-time, when a brilliant David Turnbull uh, pass set up Chris Ayer, who went on a marauding run through and goal, but it was saved. And I think if we'd scored that goal just before half-time, went 3-1 up, would have won the game. But as usual, defensive calamities struck again in the second half, two each. And then Scott Brown was sent off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that doesn't even sort of cover the half of it you know in terms of you know you go in 2-1 half time away to a ground that Celtic has been a bit of a, a graveyard for for the past few years against the B team you've got you know a, a pretty good bench to kind of call upon as you say I think that ire moment was the the killer um, but for me what I found truly baffling you know Celtic are chasing this game you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, John, but Livingston have put out a wonderful tweet uh, just sort of at the end of the game. Celtic are looking to to push on, to win the game, to claw back some points and some dignity at this point. Livingston have actually sealed a historic 10 in a row um, at the Tony Macaroni Arena with their 10th consecutive game without a defeat. So, um, yeah, Celtic are clearly been been mugged off to, tonight there. Um but yeah, as you kind of touched on, Brown was sent off. But in sort of the run-up to that, as has been the case nearly all season, um, I felt it was pretty concerning when, when Sky flashed up the stats that Livingston haven't sort of, I think they've conceded one goal or, or very little goals between the 60th and 90 minute um, after they sort of equalised. So it wasn't looking too good for Celtic. But I found the subs truly bizarre. I mean, Aya was substituted for Frimpong when you could easily have moved him in place of sort of Duffy or, or Beaton. Brown for Sorrow. Turnbull was taken off for, for Mikey Johnson. I know Stevie's a, a huge fan of him here on the podcast. I am remain to be convinced about him since his return to form. And ultimately, Brown was was sent off. What did you first think of the, the substitutions? Were, were they substitutions you would make, or are they fitting with sort of Lennon having this kind of scrambled egg for brains? I mean, my view really is from for the whole season that these five substitutes have kind of, I think Lennon just doesn't know his best team. And when things go wrong, as they often have this season, or Celtic have been chasing or looking to score, it's just throwing things on, you know, putting on players, no ideas about shapes, combinations, plays. It's just like, we need goals. Eh, you know, put um, Kamala on. Oh, you know, put on Mikey Johnson. I, I was pretty negative about the substitutes, but were you, uh, John? Uh, yes, there's, I mean, when you're drawing two each and looking for a late winning goal, 
what's the point in doing a like for like substitution? I mean, it doesn't doesn't make any sense at all. I just don't really understand what he was thinking. I I get what you're saying about the five substitution thing. I don't think that's helped Celtic at all. I mean, after Livingston equalised, we struggled to create chances. But as soon as we made these substitutions, I mean, that was just that way. Really sort of fell at the game. I think we'd won the effort for Christie, and that's about that. So the substitutions were odd, but they've been odd for a lot of the season. What did you make of the the sending off? You know, I haven't been able to sort of take the the temperature on on Twitter, but it seemed for me it was a, a yellow card. But I mean, it seemed like such a stupid thing for for Brown to get involved in, and and kind of for many many years. And I'm sure the you know the Rangers fans that will be listening to this will think he should have been sent off for much worse over the years. I mean, I think it was a, a yellow card, but I think that kind of aura of invincibility that Brown had, that Celtic have had, that Lennon has maybe had as a manager, is kind of long, long gone now. When I first saw it, I thought it was a yellow. But then, if you see the incident again, he sort of has a look at the guy before he tries to have a go at him. So I think he sort of knew what he was doing. I don't know if there was frustration with the situation. If it was, that was daft. But I mean, as soon as he get sent off, that was it. We'll just try hang on for a point, and we got one in the end. But three games in a row, three draws, it's not looking good. Undefeated since returning from Dubai, though. <laughs> good spin. <laughs> what did you make of of kind of now we've got to the end of the game? What's your feelings on sort of? I think we, for me, the league's been gone since the the three three game with with Aberdeen. Um, there was no way back after that for me. My personal feeling is that after that kind of St Johnston game, following the Ross County result when it knocked them out of the League Cup, Lennon had to go. Then you know I've, I've advocated that I think Eddie Howe should be brought in. My view is you get him in, you probably stand a really good chance of getting the Scottish Cup quite early on. You know, it builds confidence in this new manager, even if the rest of the season perhaps doesn't kind of work out. And that he has the rest of the season to work with what he's got, bring in players that he has, because I suppose Celtic in a way are very lucky that this is the first time in over a decade that if and when they finish second, they're going to still have a shot at the Champions League, even though it won't be the Champions route. You need to have a manager in ahead of that kind of qualifiers to get things settled because there's going to be a huge turnaround in players. You know, you've got players on their final year of their contract, players that want away, players that we want to bring in. You know, why not be using these final few months to get the squad, get the team prepared in Eddie Howe or another good manager's um, image ahead of, you know, what's going to be a, a very difficult summer, especially with the Euros thrown in too. What's your your feeling now in sort of the cold cold night of day um, following the, the 2-2 draw? I would do, I would hope that Celtic would do what you suggest. I mean, get another manager in like tomorrow, give him time to prepare for the Champions League qualifiers in the summer. But I don't think that's going to happen. I still think Neil Lennon will be our manager by the time we do the next gig pod, unless like he gets sacked and we have to do an emergency one. I just don't think he'll be gone yet. I mean, I don't know why. As you said, the league was probably over after the Aberdeen draw, but I mean, the Ross County and St. Johnson results really put a tin lid on it. I was surprised he kept on after the first game I get beat off Prague. I was surprised he kept on after the second defeat off Prague. 
I was surprised he was kept on after Ross County and St. Johnson, but I'm not surprised now that he's still Celtic manager. And I've said it in the pod before, I think he'll be here until the end of the season. I thought that press conference still, they might have changed tact a wee bit. I thought the guys in charge at Celtic wouldn't be happy. They probably aren't happy about it. But he's still the manager, and even though that was another poor result tonight, I still can't see Neil Lennon losing his job for some strange reason that I've stopped trying to work out long ago. Yeah, there's there's there seems to be no rhyme or reason with what's going on at the club just now. I mean, if I was, you know, De- 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 Desmond or uh, Lol, I'd be sitting there thinking, I've got a week now until a game against Hamilton at home. Surely that's three points. Get someone in in now and give them give them even just a week to get things prepared. I just think we see it more than ever. The Champions League money is going to be so important. Fans aren't going to be going back this season. You know, into next season, we'll be lucky to maybe even have half the stadium full before maybe the end of the year. Um, you know, we've got to think about how we bring in in money at the moment, and obviously player sales is one of them. But there's going to be a huge amount of turnaround. You know, money is going to have to be spent on the squad again to make up for a lot of the poor signings that have taken place in the summer a lot of short-term sticking plasters but the Champions League money is hugely important and it's probably worth that putting down a bit of money on a good manager I'm I'm an advocate for Eddie Howe I think he would be a good choice but is there someone that you've maybe got in mind that you think would be be worth taking over from Lennon but there just doesn't seem to be much word that the board are, are looking at people or you know, giving people opportunities or signing people out, or even uh, rumors in the papers. It just seems to be the odd, li- odd online rumor that Lennon's going to resign after Wednesday's game, and then it's going to be Eddie Howe, and it's going to be this and that. There doesn't seem to be any momentum. It seems to to get rid of him. I think there probably could have been after the St. Johnson and Ross County games, but then of course that story came out in the paper that Dermot Desmond wanted to keep Lennon, and then it came out again. After the game at Ibrox at the start of the month, that it was going to be here until the end of the season because we played well in the first half at Ibrox, but still didn't win. I think the only candidate really that I can think of was Eddie Howe, and I'm still not really sure how suited he would be to Celtic. I mean, the teams he's managed, I mean, okay, keeping Bournemouth in the Premier League was pressure, but let's face it, Bournemouth aren't a win every game. If you don't win a game, it's a panic type of club. I mean, at Celtic, if you don't win a game, it's a crisis. If you don't win two games in a row, then it's just mayhem. I mean, he'd need to get used to that very quickly. I suppose that would be good to bring him in like soon then, so he could get used to it. But as you say, it's perfect timing right now to get some done. We've not got another game for another week, but I'd be stunned if it happened. I still think Neil Lennon will be the manager next Wednesday against Amon. And as you're saying there, you know, lose two games, it's a crisis at Celtic. Uh, fail to win in three games, have a deranged press conference, go on a jolly to Dubai. You know, as long as you have a decent 20 minutes against Rangers at Ibrox and force a good save out of Alan McGregor, you can get away with absolute murder, it seems at the moment for at Celtic. So it's 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 truly baffling the state of the club at the moment. And it's it's one of those ones, it's just hard not to watch these these games and just think it's the the end of a end of a, a cycle in such a tragic way you know we're not even at the end of January and all hope is lost and the best hope is the Scottish Cup but based on tonight I'd be I'd be very concerned about drawing Livingston for example if uh, you know or or any team it's just 
at I think the ends and ends in sight, regardless of whatever decisions that the the board make regarding the manager and and the shape of the board going forward and the, the playing squad. Yep, I mean that's the worst thing about it. They've lost the league without a fight. I mean, when Rangers went in uh, nineteen ninety eight, as far as I remember, they put up a fight. They took it to the very last game. All right, none of the teams were playing well, but they still took it to the very limit. And we are practically out of title. Well, we are out of the title race, let's face it. And there's still another like three, four months of the season to go. That's really the worst part about it, how the whole club have, well, the team basically have gave up without a fight and we're just letting Rangers stroll with a league title, which is truly an abysmal thing to see well on that positive note uh, thank you <laughs> to everyone for listening to this uh, moratorium on uh, on Celtics um, it's only Wednesday we've had a deranged press conference another player's gone down with COVID the um, Lennon's fallen out with the players it's been 2-2 Scott Brown's been red carded and it's another week before a game so so much to stew on and reflect on in the, the coming week for, for fans and the board and the players it's going to be it's going to be an eventful one, I think, off the pitch, regardless of any change in, in manager. So, Lee, thank you for guest hosting. Is there anything you'd briefly like to plug? You can check out my film podcast, Filibuster and the A24 Project. But yeah, thank you very much to to Stevie for having me on to fill in for him. And it was always a pleasure to, to chat with you, John. It was good to know I hung out with you when you possibly had COVID. It's been, a, been an alarming evening. <laughs> Thank you, Lee, for uh, standing in for Stevie. Not an easy job, but somebody's got to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And I've said it before, I've said it again. One day, Celtic will be good again. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.